We turn in our Bibles to Psalm 20, verse 1, as we just sang together. This evening we'll come back to verse 2. I think what I'd like to do, as it is a brief psalm, is uh, read all of it, and then we'll highlight verse 1 together. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Selah. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save the Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. And look back with me at verse 1, as verse 1 will be our focus for the sermon this morning. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Again, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob, defend thee. Well, after I have been reading through part of a book I need to get back to on invocations and benedictions, helping pastors think about uh, different ways to be useful uh, in opening up and closing worship together, uh, Psalm 20 was referenced as as a great a great scripture to give a benediction with, verses 1 and 2 in particularly. And I've been working on them to have as another benediction to keep in rotation to just give you a blessing with sometimes. And uh, decided I'd like to actually just give ourselves to some, some study closely of those verses, verses 1 and 2. Tonight we're going to study verse 2. Uh, this morning we study verse 1. And verse 1 teaches this. When times are tough... Christians can trust our covenant God to hear our prayers and lift us up. I give that to you as the main idea of our verse in its context. When times are tough, Christians can trust our covenant God to hear our prayers and lift us up. So, beloved, trust God to lift you out of troublous times. That's the message for you this morning. Trust God to lift you out of troublous times. You will often be going through times of trouble. We saw that. We were reminded of that again in uh, Pilgrim's Progress, book two. Speaking of Christiana and mercy, you will often be going through times of trouble. David often found himself waiting to be king, Sleeping in caves, running from those trying to kill him. Other times, can't have a meal without the king throwing a spear at him, seeking to kill him. 
And while he was king, he faced many dangers and difficulties to establish the kingdom of the, as the type of Christ advancing his kingdom throughout the world. King Solomon will be the type of Christ of the golden age of Christ's return. But David had a very important but difficult ministry. In the day of trouble, it says. In the day of trouble. Would the Lord hear us in the day of trouble? It's recognizing days of trouble. It's allowing us to express and say, I'm in a day of trouble. I'm in trouble. David is often coming to God with problems. He is so often coming to God in the Psalms with troubles. They so often are a big part of how the Psalms open and a lot of what he says along the way. He closes with God as his help and speaks of God as his help throughout. But let us not miss again that so much of the Psalms singing to God which is why it's such a blessing to sing God's psalms, as Augustine proclaims in his confessions. So much of them are dealing with problems, dealing with troubles, and bringing them to the Lord and giving us a way to express them in song. Notice, David is God's anointed king, but that makes it all the harder to serve him. Matthew Henry writes this, Even the greatest of men may be in much trouble. It was often a day of trouble with David himself, of disappointment and distress, of treading down and of perplexity. Neither the crown on his head nor the graces in his heart would exempt him from the trouble. And so we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, yeah, we are troubled on every side, right? We look at, let's, not pass, let's not pass over that, right? But not in distress. We are perplexed, but not in despair. But we are troubled and we are perplexed. These are realities of life under the curse, and they're realities especially for Christians. The same goes for all who will serve at the pleasure of the King of Kings, and especially so. Jesus says, are you his servants? You will be like your master. Well, remember his life and remember his suffering and his crucifixion. He says that if the world hated him, it will hate you. It will give you trouble in but not of this world. Don't you know the experience of when you're first coming to Christ or coming back to the church or getting your life Uh, more in line with God's word and trying to live a different life, the world will try to stop you. They resent it. They're threatened by it. They hate Jesus, and they hate you trying to follow Jesus. And therefore, they will give you trouble. The world's not neutral. Daniel 9, verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, and this is the reason we particularly highlight it, even in troublous times. What, did Nehemiah not have great difficulty trying to rebuild the walls from within and without? Always the case. Trouble from, from within and without. 
But notice this prophecy of building uh, Jerusalem with the Messiah, the Prince, the Lord Jesus. It's going to be in troublous times, the end times, the tribulation. We're in it. Acts chapter 14, verse 22. Paul was confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. The whole book of Revelation, remember, is about that. Equipping and encouraging his people to endure, bear under, and overcome being Christians in this world. Further, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Well, there is motivation to get godly. I can see how many people would avoid it. But Jesus says, blessed are you when you are persecuted for my sake. You're blessed to identify with him. Paul says, I want to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. The most important thing for you and me is to know Jesus and know him intimately and identify with him. And he will use troublous times and difficulties and tribulation as he calls you out of the world to be a witness to it. Jesus says again, you are blessed when you're persecuted. Why? Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. And it's a sign that you're with him. You do not go through these troublous times alone. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Your covenant God will keep you going. You will often be going through times of trouble, but your covenant God will keep you going. Because of something that's a rare word these days, including in the church, it's the L word, Loyalty. Loyalty. Based on an oath. Based on vows. Based on commitment in the covenant. God himself, we know from the scriptures, has taken an oath to his people in his own divine eternal courtroom. And he does not go back on himself. He has sworn himself to their strengthening and to their salvation, and he will show himself faithful. He's committed himself to his church, and by never giving up on them and always seeing them through the trouble, he shows who he is as the covenant God. He keeps you going and shows that he can and that he always will. Such is in the name Lord. Let's not miss Lord, capital letters, all of it. The Hebrew is Yahweh. It's where we get uh, Jehovah. Uh, it is the covenant name for God in particular. First, particularly revealed in its, full, revealed in its fullest sense uh, to Moses at the burning bush. At a time when God was about to deliver his covenant people from Egypt. It had all seen that maybe all is lost. But they start sighing and then crying out to God and he hears and he's going to deliver them. Why? Because he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of my people. I'm faithful. I am the Lord, Yahweh. He is the God of Jacob. That's the other significant thing to say. It's the name of the God of Jacob in verse 1. 
the name of the God of Jacob that will defend you. It's the last of the three patriarchs. He often says, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That's often said together. But this name particularly, the God of Jacob, uh, is uh, just used uh, all over the place. It's replete through the Psalms. If you search the phrase, the God of Jacob, it comes up constantly in the Psalms, although many other places, which is interesting. It comes up more, it seems to me, than the God of Abraham or the God of Isaac, though those phrases come up. The God of Jacob comes up often as his name, showing his identity with we, his people. Why is that helpful and significant? Because it's expressing how faithful God is as our covenant God. Jacob was the least reputable of the first three patriarchs. Right? He had to go into exile for a long time. He was a liar. He comes back, wrestles with God. He's afraid to come back, face his brother. He's, he's recognizing, I'm not worthy of the least of all your mercies. Jacob would be the one more than the others to wonder whether God is still his God. And he proclaims, okay, now I know he is my God taking me back. Often we have the phrase, the God of Israel. Also, God gives him the new name Israel. You will see that a lot in Scripture. But we see that God is saying, I am the covenant God, especially as he highlights Jacob. I'm the God of Jacob. Jacob, or Israel, taking on the the sense of a collective singular representing God's church, God's people throughout all ages. For his name's sake, he saves his people who bear his name. For his name's sake, he delivers his people who bear his name. Whom he has put his name upon. Whose names are written in the book of life. He identifies with his people in formal covenant. He will honor his own name by honoring them. One commentator says this. Security is in the name of the Lord and all that he has revealed about himself. And so look, three times his name is brought up as our safety, our deliverance. Verse 1 again, the name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Look at verse 5. We will rejoice in thy salvation and in the name of our God. We will set up our banners. Verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name. Of the Lord our God. That's why it's so important to know his names, and in particular, in this case, Yahweh and the God of Jacob. Again, it comes up all through the scriptures. One psalm we love to sing particularly, it's repeated in Psalm 46 A mighty fortress is our God. Verses 7 and 11, reflecting an earlier verse as well. Verses 7 and 11 are almost identical. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. That being the case, the effect should be of our verse today, what is said to us in Psalm 46, verse 10, right between those refrains. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted. And in me, you will be exalted. Further, Psalm 146, verse 5, we've turned to a lot recently about happiness. We'll notice what's involved with happiness 
in particular today. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose help is in the Lord or Yahweh his God. Beloved, be happy and be thankful that the Lord is your shepherd. And be thankful. Psalm 23, verses 3 and 4 say in part, He leadeth you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for he is with you. The God of Jacob is communicating, I am with my people. I am a faithful covenant God. Therefore, trust in him at all times, ye people. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Ask God to answer and save you from all troubles and trust that he will. You will often be going through times of trouble, Your covenant God will keep you going. Ask him to. Ask God to answer and save you from all troubles and trust that he will. Remember, Jesus caused Peter to walk on water during a storm when he had faith. And then he raised him up out of that stormy, wavy water when he began to sink in fear. In both occasions, Jesus responded to Peter's request. Help me, save me, deliver me. Jesus saves us, but he will cause us to call out asking to be saved. Notice it says, the Lord hear. The Lord hear you. It's a request, it's a benediction, but it's based on conviction and trust. It's like, may the Lord hear you, implying the Lord will hear you. Call out to him. The Hebrew word is actually, could be translated, answer. The Lord answer you. And of course, we don't believe or feel someone's hurt us if they don't answer, right? If, you know, what do we say to our kids so often if they don't respond when we say something? Did you hear me? Yeah. Well, you didn't answer me, so I don't know that you heard me, right? And by the way, it's not just kids. We do that all the time too, don't we? And we do that with the Lord too much. But the Lord answers. The Lord hears. And it's actually saying, may the Lord answer you. You see, God will answer your prayers. God will answer your cries for deliverance. He will defend you. The God of Jacob, the name of the God of Jacob will defend you. That could be translated, he will protect you. But also it has the idea of being exalted. He will lift you up. God exalts his name through us together by lifting us up out of the miry quillet, by lifting us up out of slough of despond and the castle of doubt and the giant despair. Thus the prayer in Psalm 69, verse 29. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. Remember Proverbs 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. God is there to be hid in. But don't miss this. You must run to him 
and hide in him. So there is confirmation that because your God is the God of Jacob, he will answer and defend you. But there's an implication not to be missed. You must ask. You must beseech. You must pray. You must make petition. You must make supplications. James says, often you don't have because you don't ask. Which is taking his name in vain as a sign of little faith by not asking him to do anything because you don't think he's going to hear or answer or do anything about it. Ask. Psalm 4 verse 1. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. Jesus says to ask and to expect to receive. Seek and expect to find. Knock and expect the door to be opened. But nobody opens the door if nobody's knocking. Jesus says to do these things. Jesus says to cry out to him, to seek for him, watch him, beseech him, and expect and see that he will save and deliver you time and time again. So often... He allows you and I to continue in troubles that could have subsided or we could have been delivered from because we don't ask. Yes, we're called to endure, but we're called to endure in the Lord. And we are encouraged to call upon him to deliver us and expect that he will. Remember, Jesus says, pray. And your heavenly father already knows what you need before you even ask. But ask. Pray. He's not going to give you something bad when you ask for something good. He's a good father. He may answer in ways that you and I don't anticipate, but it's always the best and wisest way. But ask. May the Lord hear you. May the Lord answer you implies you are coming to him, asking for him to help and deliver you. And too often, you and I don't. We turn to other things. And we don't even really seek deliverance. We just seek to try to temper it. We just seek to try to learn how to subdue it. We just seek to learn how to, you know, try to take the edge off things. And when we could seek deliverance. We, we often try to hide the symptoms Instead of seek to have the Lord take us out of the problem. Matthew Henry writes this. David, though a man of business, a man of war, was constant to his devotions. Though he had prophets and priests and many good people among his subjects to pray for him, he did not think that excused him from praying for himself. Let none expect benefit by the prayers of the church or of their ministers or friends for them who are capable of praying for themselves and yet neglect it. The prayers of others for us must be desired not to supersede, but to second our own for ourselves. Beloved, how often do you ask someone to pray for you, but you have not yet prayed for you, and you're not praying for you after you ask? 
do that work for me, please. But I, you know, while I suffer in silence, and you know, instead of seeking deliverance, just try to cover it over with you name the drug, you name the thing of the world. Instead of deliver me. Jesus also does warn, or excuse me, especially through James, although there's other scriptures such as in the letters of John, you have to ask rightly. You have to ask, and you have to ask rightly, thy will be done. And it's God's will to deliver and save. With the good shepherd, you shall not be in want of any good thing. And so be encouraged by verses 4 to 6 of our text. Look with me at Psalm 20, verses 4 to 6. Be encouraged by this. Know this for yourselves. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. Your own heart. We will rejoice in thy salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. That being the case, thus respond with verses 7 through 9. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And one of his names is what? The God of Jacob. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. See, the Lord shows his glory with the power to deliver. And as we studied recently at the end of the Westminster Confession, the end of it all, the resurrection, the Lord will show his power to raise us from the dead. Believing God is listening and will answer and will come to your defense. God promises you that as you especially call on him in worship on his holy day, Isaiah 58 verse 13, among other things he'll reward you with is verse 14. I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And he is the God of Jacob. Ultimately, at the resurrection, Jesus will show you he was listening as he lifts you up from the grave and out of all of your troubles forever while exalting you at the right hand to judge the world and then enter into the eternal joy of his Father's house with pleasures forevermore. Thus, he will continue to hear and defend you in the meantime on your way to the celestial city. Do you believe this? Do you trust in him? Show it and ask God. And expect God to answer you and to act on your behalf. To hear you and to rescue you. 
Pray without ceasing and show that you trust God to lift you out of troublous times. Because you can trust God to lift you out of troublous times. And so, beloved, again, the message for you this morning. Trust God to lift you out of troublous times. Let us pray. Lord God, we recognize we are in the tribulation. We recognize that we will go through much tribulation to enter the kingdom and to be godly. Let that not cause us to shrink back or look back, but may it cause us to run up into you, O Lord, and your name, which is a strong tower, and as we would run it into the righteousness of Christ, we will be safe. We lift up your name, O God of Jacob, and ask for your defending us. Almighty God, we pray and ask and trust that you will hear and answer. This is such an encouragement to consider for our regular benediction. That the Lord will hear us in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob will defend us. We are never alone. You will never leave us nor forsake us. You will always guide us as our good shepherd through the valleys of the shadow of death. You prepare a table for us in the midst of our enemies. Our cup runneth over. You feed us. You quench our thirst, especially with your spiritual meat and drink. And so as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper, let us trust you to defend us. And to hear us in times of trouble. And thank you for helping us to recognize we can acknowledge the trouble. But we must take it to you. And trust you to deliver. You whom we know your name. And you know our names. And so we lift up your name with our banners. For your banner over us is love. Bless us Lord as we continue to worship you knowing you and your name and that you answer, that you hear and that you act on our behalf for your own name's sake. Indeed, O Lord God of Jacob, lead us into paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Keep us on the straight and narrow way that leadeth unto life after Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, giving glory to Jesus that he is the good shepherd who doesn't lose one of his sheep. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and all your people said, Amen.